How's everybody doing? Amen. Thank you. Hey. Thank you very much. Amen, amen. It's good to be back at the best church in all of England. Amen. I was this morning over in Gray's End in Kent at another great church there, but no place like home. No place like KT. Amen. So it's good to be back with Pastor Colin, Amanda, and Bruce, and the team, and all my friends, and good to see some of my students that I taught when I was here. I'm glad you're still saved. Still on fire. Amen. And it's good to be back in the UK. I've been out for about a month uh, from the States. I went to uh, Jerusalem for about a week and uh, did the, the God TV event that they had asked me to do. So, you know, I'm on God TV now every Sunday morning while you're in church, and, uh, but you can watch me later in the day. And uh, so we're very happy that England has its own Christian network, now the third largest in the world. Did you know that? The third largest one in the world. You've got TBN that's the, the biggest in the world and the biggest network in the world of, of actually owning TV stations, just Trinity Broadcasting and Work. And I know in England, Jan's hair and eyelashes is too much and all of that stuff, but they did it. And you got to salute them for doing it. And then we've got Daystar that's the second. And then outside of uh, America, the third largest in the world is God TV based right here in the UK. And I think that's a good thing. Amen. And um, very, very happy about that. And so praise God for them and pray for them and bless them and stand up for it and go forward. And it's a, it's a good thing. And uh, so I've been traveling around the UK and I'm here for about another week. And then I go back to America and then I'm off to Asia. And then I don't know where I'm going next. I'm just going somewhere. So, but I'm loving it. I like Jesus. How about you? After all of these years, I'm 48, resisting 50, but it's still coming. I still like him. I still like working for him. And it's still the best thing in my life. I know some of you may not be a minister like myself, but I hope you like Jesus the same way. I hope he's precious and valuable to you. You know, sometimes you can love somebody and not really like them. Does that make sense to you? If you like somebody, you like to hang out with them, you like to hear their voice, you like to do stuff with them. I still like him. Through it all, I like him. I was asked the other day, why are you a preacher? Because I actually believe him. I believe the red letters. I believe what he said. I believe what he did. And I believe he's still alive. I believe he's still alive. And I'm... I love that the Holy Spirit did not leave when people make mistakes. He gets closer to you. And I still believe that the Holy Spirit is real. I still believe he witnesses to me every day that I'm still in God's family. It doesn't matter what I feel or what I hear, what I know on the inside of him, he tells me every day like he does you if you're listening, he accepts you. You're in his family. You're an heir and a joint heir, and he's not kicked you out of the kingdom. I've been kicked out of organizations, and that's not fun, but you can't kick me out where God included me. And he, same thing goes for you too, amen? 
And I still like the gifts of the Holy Ghost. I like all nine of them. And I want all nine with me personally and with me publicly as he see fits to manifest them. I like speaking in tongues every day where my own ears hear my voice. And I hope all the demons close by hear it too. And if there are any humans listening, I hope they hear it and God will interpret it for them. Because praying in tongues prays the perfect will of God about every situation, sometimes beyond our even our thinking or our natural knowledge. I esteem the Spirit-filled life. I was asked the other day, do you still believe in praying in tongues and laying hands on the sick and casting out devils? I said, did the Bible become irrelevant? They go, well, we don't do that anymore. I said, then you're a club. Go away. Because I want to be in the church, not in a Christian club. I want to be where Jesus is still the author and the finisher of our faith. I want to be where he can do what he wants among us and we cheer it and we value it and we call it precious and we call it sacred and we call it in one way fun, if I can say it that way. I don't want to be so sophisticated or so honored that I can't have fun drinking the new wine of heaven and enjoying what the Holy Spirit may do that may blow my culture or blame my preference, or even my little traditions. I'm unaware that I have until he does something. All of a sudden, my flesh reacts. I go, where did that come from? It's amazing what you pick up. And it shows up at the most unopportune moment. But I keep Jesus on the throne of my heart. And if I'm the last one standing, screaming the Spirit-filled message, then so be it. Amen. But I think there'll be a KT doing it too. So at least we know we got two of us going. Amen. And there's probably lots more that we'll meet on the way. Amen. How many are glad to be a part of this great church? Aren't you glad that you're a part of this church? Now I know some of you are here for a season, but enjoy the whole thing. I was for four years and cried the first hour I left on the plane like, I don't want to leave. There's a special church. Not every church has a habitation in it. Most have a visitation to it. But this church from its conception and its birth with its great founder, Mr. Jeffries, and the succeeding pastors up to Pastor Colin and Amanda and Bruce and the team has had a habitation and they've had a welcoming heart to the spirit and the will of God that sometimes you don't know until you're gone how precious this house is. So while you're here, love it, drink in it, give to it, pray for it, do what you can to help push it down the road in the purpose that God has for it, and never be ashamed of the house that God planted you in. It's by that house and that river that you will prosper and be wonderful. Amen. Give the Lord a good clap offering if you would. Hallelujah. Amen and amen and amen. Well, I've written six new books since I saw you left, so I've been busy. What have you been writing? Have you been writing anything besides complaints? I've written with Pastor Ola. He used to be the children's pastor here. Let me go through a few of my books, and they're all back there in the, the foyer with. I don't know what kind of specials they got going, but Ola and I have written 12 children's books called God's Generals for Kids. I got tired of all of our kids uh, looking at Sports players and singers and those guys, and that's okay. 
And, but, you know, sometimes I'll read about an evangelical, like a Luther or a Wesley, and that's all right too. But I wanted a Holy Ghost children's book where they cast out a devil and pray for the sick and have a vision. So I wrote 12 of them. And so these are on all the great leaders, like here's one with Mother Edder, and there's Captain Kuhlman and Wigglesworth and Dowie, and all of them will be out, all 12 volumes will be out this year, but we got five back there for you now if you want to pick them up. Now, I throw books, remember? So everybody wake up, and here comes a book. Now we wake up in church, amen? I'm going to pull this up a little bit more so I can get a little bit stronger, if you don't mind. Uh, ever heard of John G. Lake? I'm sure you have. Uh, here's a new book I just released of his called Living in God's Power. Not visiting it, but staying in it. It's his great teaching on how to have the abiding power of Christ in your life. There you go. All right. Now. Okay, okay. I'm, Wigglesworth Prophecy Book. There you go. Oh, perfect. All right. And um, years ago, I wrote a book called I Saw Heaven, the first book that I wrote, and um, it, was, um, it, it, it was a very wonderful received book, and we sold a few million copies of it, and then my publisher goes, write another heaven book. I said, well, I didn't go twice. I only had a short visit once, so I can't just make it up. And, uh, and so I said, but I'll do this for you. I'll, I'll put a book together of three other stories besides mine. Uh, of a lady named Rebecca Springer, another one, Maretta F. Davis, and then a little book by Heidi Baker's great uh, uh, grandfather, or Roland Baker's father, about the visitation of Jesus coming to little Chinese children and taking them to heaven while they were still Buddhist. And so those stories are in this book called We Saw Heaven. Amen. So you're you going to just come and take it? All right. We'll, 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 we'll hand it to you. There you go. All right. Open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, the, the sixth chapter, and we'll have a good time here tonight, and then we'll pray for some of you, and it's good to see all of you and you that are watching uh, by the internet. We welcome you from around the world, and we ask that God touches you where you are. Should I take my coat off? Would that help this sound? All right, great. We want to talk about a particular ministry that's in that God gave the local church. In Hebrews 6 and verse 1, it starts out like this. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and of the doctrine, verse 2, Hebrews 6, 2, and of the doctrine of baptisms. It's still good to have all the baptisms, not just water and not just the Holy Ghost, but both and all the others. Amen. When I was a little boy, being water baptized was just as important as all the other things you receive from the Lord. This afternoon when I came in the building, the stage moved into a baptism. and We watched him upstairs as Gabriel was baptizing people in water. And that's a great thing to do. When you go down to the waters of baptism, the old you get washes away and a new one comes up. Hallelujah for the baptisms of water. Amen. So he says, don't, don't, don't forget to do them. And then it's a doctrine, says in verse 2, of laying on of hands, and then it goes on to talk about the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. But I want to focus a little bit tonight on the doctrine of the laying on of hands ministry. It's not a ritual. It's not just a ceremonial activity that people do out of a practice of symbolism. 
it is a supernatural thing that we see throughout the Old Covenant and into the New. The doctrine of the laying on of hands. And he said, don't forget doctrines. It's amazing how some churches were born in the life of the Spirit, and when they got rich and famous, they forget the doctrines of the Bible and the life of the Spirit, and they go into what accommodates human will. If you want God to live big in your church, you could do what his book says. If you want God to habitate with you, then you practice what the book says unashamedly on a Sunday in front of your rich visitors. Thank you for the four amens and the five laughs. <laughs> yes. Always remember, whatever part of the Bible your church doesn't teach, you don't get that blessing. Whatever part of the Bible your church doesn't preach boldly and practice in front of you, that part of the Bible they're ashamed of. And whatever they're ashamed of, you'll never get the blessing of. My uncle died going to an Assemblies of God church that didn't believe hardly anything but going to church and singing Amazing Grace and having gospel meals outside on the picnic tables. And that's why he died of cancer and didn't even really have a hope of a miracle because the church just said, well, you know, it's in our doctrinal statement. There's lots of things in doctrinal statements that people don't believe or practice. It's what you see your church do. It's what you see the ministers and the elders and the pillars of a church practice unashamedly. That's what they believe. What they don't practice and what they don't do unashamedly, they don't believe. I've been preaching for 30 years in 110 countries. One time I'll visit a church and they'll practice the ministry or the doctrine of laying on of hands. And I've gone back to them a while later to be informed we don't do that no more. And you want to scratch your head and say, well, what do you do? We have coffee instead. Uh, we have cell groups. Well, that's okay to have coffee. Most of you are addicted to it. It's okay. Most of you, you know, you can, you can go to cell groups. This church knows what cell groups are. It's, it's a great ministry. There's nothing wrong with it. But why do you replace that and forget this? You replace this doctrine with those things. Why can't you do it all? Normally why they don't do it all is because the pastor or some of the elders don't like the way it looks to folks who don't get it. Not everything we do on a church service or in a gathering do lost people have to get for the first time they see it. Because sometimes it's not for them. It's for you. Sometimes a word of prophecy, God doesn't take in consideration there may be four visitors from the Baptist church there that day. He says, well, I'm glad you're here, but experience this. And he goes ahead and brings a tongue on one side of the room and an interpretation on the other. Or lay on the pastor's heart that that day they need to lay hands on people for different things so that God can transmit power from heaven into your spirit 
and into your being to give you victory in something you're facing. The ministry of laying out of hands is not just hocus pocus. It's supernatural. It's a doctrine that God gave to every church that belongs to him and wants to obey Jesus because Jesus practiced it too. Let's go to the book of, uh, of Matthew for a moment and let's look at a few examples of this tonight because in a little while we're going to do it. Right here in the middle of London with all these British people. Can you believe that? We're going to do the Bible in London. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, something might happen. Praise the Lord. Everybody smile. It's a good sermon. Are you in the back row? Don't sleep. All right, Matthew chapter 8. We're going to read a few verses to so keep your Bible open or your phones turned on. I was teaching here in the Bible school one day, and one of our students had his phone out, and I told him to turn it off and quit texting people. And he informed me after at the break, uh, that's where my Bible's at. So I had to repent and say, it's okay, and fix it. So open your Bibles and turn your phones on to Matthew chapter 8. It's amazing how our world's changed, isn't it? My grandmother never understood. Turn your phones on to book of Matthew. She'd think you'd be lying with a deceiving devil. She passed away right before the phones became concordances. In Matthew 8, in verse 14, when Jesus was come to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother, his mother-in-law. Peter had one. So if you've got one, you've got a Bible verse for this. He saw his wife's mom laid up and sick with a fever. In other words, she was sick. And he went and made her a cup of tea and said, it'll be over in a few days. And he went on about his ministry traveling. Is that what it says? Then don't you do that. Do what Jesus does. Don't do what British people do. Do what Jesus does. Don't do what Americans do. Do what Jesus does. Do Bible verses. Do the Bible and have fun. He said, Brother Roberts, no, don't even start that. I'm just reading you my second verse. Verse 15. Jesus touched her hand. And the fever ran out and left her. And she rose up and she made them tea. She ministered to them. The sick lady with a fever got up and took care of her visitors. That means it happened real fast like. Not four days waiting for a doctor in the national health care system. Jesus does miracles in the now. But notice how the miracle came. Notice here that he touched her with his hand. He touched her. He touched her. There's power in an anointed touch. Every one of you that are born again have power in you. That at some time in your life, and probably sometime this month, you're going to bump into somebody that needs a touch from God that will come through you. And one way that God transmits his power to people is by the touch of your anointed hands on a needed person's life. It's called the laying on of hands ministry. Verse 15 again. He touched her hand 
and the fever left her. She rose up and ministered unto them. That all happened in one verse. He touched her. She was healed. The power of contact and transmission happened there. The laying on of hands operates in the law of contact and transmission. The contact of anointed person's hands upon a needed person's life can transmit victory recovering power into that person's life. You don't have to be a bishop to do this. You don't have to be the Pope with a big hat and a big old ring. You have to be a believer in Jesus and believe that Jesus and the Holy Ghost can work through you in your touch supernaturally and cause a cure. Luke chapter 4. Look at another passage. We're going to look at several verses here tonight to establish that we Pentecostals didn't just dream this up one day while we were bored fishing. Some things came up when people did things like that. But we discovered that the Bible tells us what's what. In Luke 4 and verse 40, it says like this. Now when the sun was setting, kind of like right now, all they that were sick with different diseases brought unto Jesus, and he walked away from them and said, I'm tired. Or I've been preaching all day and I don't want to. So you want to be a preacher? Then my friends, your time never really becomes your own after a certain level of sacrifice. The greater you become in God's kingdom, the lesser of you exist. You see a, a minister on some stage or sometimes on a particular time a large platform and you go, wow. Probably at that moment, there's the least amount of them that exist than you know. Captain Cookman always said, people ask me all the time about my ministry. What is the secret of my ministry? She says, the secret is that I died a long time ago. And Catherine stands in the background of the ministry that the Lord flows through me. And it's true for you too. They brought to Jesus in verse 40, all they that were sick with different kinds of diseases. And he laid his hands on, how many of them? Every one of them. And they got worse and died. Is that what it says? See, I'm trying to trick you. I want to make sure you read the Bible with me. He laid hands on every one of them and healed them. And devils also. Uh-oh. Some churches just like one part of the Lord's ministry. They just like healing part. But Jesus also cast out devils in front of rich people, in front of political people, in front of newspapers of their day, which are called gossipers. And was it a shame to do the next part? And it says, and, everybody say and. Yeah. It's a conjunction. That means the thought before and the thought after is connected. We're not two different events. It all flows together. And also, 
devils came out very nice and quietly. They just popped out and they ran away. Now that's how most of them, most of us want devils to leave. But let me inform you about something. If they did this to Jesus, sometime in your life it's going to happen to you the same way. Sometimes they'll just leave with no fuss. But if Jesus had fussing devils when they came out, you're going to have some fussing demons once in a while too. So enjoy it. Don't go, ah. Laugh at it. <laughs> Look at them. They have to go. <laughs> Look at them. They're scared. <laughs> Laugh. Take a picture. Put it on Facebook. Get a video. New YouTube. Local demon leaving. Enjoy the picture. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. And demons also came out of... Now, I'm always amazed that the Lord talks and the Bible talks about quantity and number a whole lot more than you sometimes admit. See, the Lord's not involved in numbers. Oh, yes, he is. He tells you all the time, the size of the crowd, what happened, by how many. He's always talking because each number represents a soul. And that's the way you can communicate the vastness of how he's reaching Large groups of people like your future has in it. And like this church is doing right now, all over the world and all over the city. And it says, out of many, not a few, many. So that's more than half. What if we had a service like that in KT where half of you got delivered? I wonder how that would go over with Elam headquarters or the local ministerial council. I think most of them could handle it, but I'm sure there'd be a few going, <laughs> I'm sure there'd be at least one in the bunch that would go, <laughs> well, we gotta discuss this. I just don't believe there's that many demons around. That's because you've got a couple. It's amazing. People don't believe in demons, especially when they have one. Sure are quiet to be a full gospel church tonight. <laughs> what you don't recognize becomes sneaky. What you don't recognize that's possible, that's out there, that's real. Not becoming super, you know, over the top with it, but you've got to recognize it exists. It's out there. It's possible. It's real. I was at a, an American conference. I, I left early because I was disgusted. And they were all concerned of how the public and the non-Christian American public would handle like what we're teaching on tonight. Ministry of on hands, tongues of interpretation, the supernatural, the spirit-filled church life. And they say, the, the American public, uh, they'll get scared and run off. And I thought, are you blind and on cocaine? <laughs> Primetime American television has a show for its third season called The Horse Whisperer. You know what that means? Some stupid guy with TV cameras talks to horses and tells you what the horse is saying. And you're scared to do tongues and interpretation when you've got a Bible verse for it. Then you go to some other channel, you've got a guy talking to little dogs and telling them why they won't go outside and go to the toilet. While your dog, your little poodle is traumatized because he was taken away from his mommy too early, so your little poodle is all traumatized. And the dog whisperer is helping solve the little poodle's problems. Now, if you can't handle that, let me give you this one. 
We have TV shows, and I think you have them here, where they hunt for ghosts with special cameras. There's one. And it's amazing how many people in our countries are watching these shows while drinking a British cup of tea and calling it entertainment. And then the church is ashamed to do Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and Acts publicly on a Sunday morning with power from heaven. There's something wrong with this picture. Now notice how many clapped and how many didn't clap. Because you don't quite know where I'm going. I'm going to the next verse is where I'm going. But just for a moment, just take that, take that into thought. Right now in our societies, our societies are watching these kind of shows. Plus we got dead people walking. We got vampires that look sexy. We got all kinds of werewolves. Primetime TV for... Little children to watch for entertainment. And you're scared to cast out a devil on Sunday morning. Or you're nervous. <laughs> you're nervous that somebody might think you're kind of weird. Prove that you're weird and then be normal. And quit being so concerned about it. And devils, verse 41, also came out of many crying out. Crying out. That's the opposite of whispering. They didn't go, oh, oh, oh. they went, ah! They cried out some voice that you could be heard. And here's what they said. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Only one line. They called him who he was. You're the Christ. You're the Christ. And the Lord goes, I know that. I don't need to be informed of that. You can't fool me by calling me by my name. And he rebuked him and told him not to speak and cast him out. Jesus did this by the laying on of hands and healed them and made devils come out of those that were being afflicted by him. Mark 16. This is one you probably know very, very well. Let's look at it. You that are watching at home, open your Bibles up and quit answering the telephone. You're in church. So I take charge of your home atmosphere and listen. If you're too lazy to get on a tube and come to church and sit there and listen in your house and open your Bible up. God bless you. Don't forget, church. Jesus still says it's important for us to come together. I know sometimes your schedules at different times won't let that, but don't let it become a habit to where it forms a lifestyle of separate from the corporate body. So well, I have the Lord at, the, at home. But he also told you, don't forget to come together. Don't start giving. He said, there'll come some in the last days. Hebrews 10. That'll forsake the assembling together. As long as there's going to be a church, there's going to be a gathering. The gathering will never stop. It may take on different forms and different expressions, but Jesus still likes to visit you personally, and he likes for you all to get together 
and be together and hear what God's doing to those lives and be taught the word of God and to be blessed and have me yell at you for a while. He likes that. See, Brother Roberts, I don't want to go to church. Why? Well, No excuse erases a Bible verse. Especially when it's in your power to turn off the stupid TV and make your way to church and be together with good people and good friends in a corporate bank of faith and a corporate bank of, of anointing where the Lord can minister to you and make you stronger and make you better. Well, I don't like the local church. Really? You don't. A uh, little side note. It's real sad when some people are against what Jesus loves. He loves the local church. And he said in Matthew, I will build my church. It's not wise. Even you in the balcony. It's not wise. For you to be against what Jesus is building. It's better for you to be for it, be a part of it in the way that you should, and celebrate it the best way you know how. And don't let people around you go, and you make it the good church, the good church, but it's me, the good church hurt me, the good church. I went to a dinner one night when everything was called, I hate the local church. I said, I guess you hate sports people too. Because everything you said about churches, I've seen Tiger Woods do it. I've seen basketball players in America do it. I've seen European football players do it. So I guess we should be mad at the World Cup and turn it off and curse it and never go back and watch it again for the rest of your life. See, <laughs> Brother Roberts, you're funny. But that's what some of you are saying. That's what some of you are saying. Matthew 6, Mark 16, verse 15. Jesus said to everybody at KT, Go ye into all the world and proclaim the good news to every person. And the person that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And the one that believes not, well, Here's the truth for you. Shall have trouble and be damned. Verse 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Hallelujah for that. They'll speak in new tongues. Woo! Hallelujah for that. When they bump into a rattlesnake, it won't bother them. They drink any deadly thing, God will keep the poison from killing them. And it shall not hurt them. Now watch this. They, who's the they? They that believe, shall take their two hands and lay on sick people, lay them on, touch them. And supernaturally, Jesus said, they shall recover. So after the Lord had spoken unto them, they all voted on it. And took what they liked and said the other stuff they wouldn't do because it wasn't what they felt like they should do. Because they were concerned about their reputation and their future financial earnings. So what it says? 
No. So after the Lord had spoken, he went up to heaven and sat down at the right hand of God and began his intercession ministry for you and I. And they that he spoke to went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. So you see in these few verses here that Jesus practiced the laying on of hands ministry to bring healing to people. Then he told us in the Great Commission that anybody that believes, if you're a believer here tonight, you have the same power that Christ had and the same right he gave you to help sick people recover supernaturally by you laying hands on them in his name and watching them recover as you pray and touch them supernaturally. Anybody, any woman, any man, any teenager, any child, a three-year-old child can do it. Fifteen-year-old boy can do it. A 96-year-old grandma can grab you and pray for you and get you healed. Praise the Lord. See Jesus doing it? He modeled it for you and I. He modeled it for you and I. So we know how to minister healing and deliverance to those that are sick and bound with no hope for recovery. A doctor's statement is not the final statement about your case. It's not. Now, don't get mad at the doctors. Don't get mad at the nurses for doing what they're supposed to do. It's their job to diagnose you, to tell you what they know about your situation, and to tell you what they can and cannot do. Hear them, thank them, but always remember, my brother and sister, their statement and that test result is not the final statement about your condition that you're going to be healed from in Jesus' name. I appreciate good doctors. I have some good doctor friends. I'll be having lunch with them on Thursday. Good doctor friends. I like them. I bothered this one long enough to make him a believer. Because he'd say, now, now uh, Reverend, it don't work like that. And I'd say, doctor, it does. <laughs> and so we had this back and forth going on while I lived here for about four years. I won after I left. Now, that's not fair. I wanted to enjoy it because I only had those griping lunches for, for three years while I lived here. I wanted a happy lunch where he agreed. Now he's a nice Baptist that believes in healing. I'm trying to get him to come over here and get baptized with the other stuff. So I've started that one. But now he believes in healing because he's seen a miracle in his office. What was is not no more. Just for a few more moments, let me give you a few more verses, and then we're going to pray for you. Acts chapter 8. Are you enjoying this tonight? I'm, I'm kind of just in my teaching mode, and I teach like a bulldozer. Acts chapter 8. Another thing that happens when people yield themselves to the Lord and allow God to anoint their hands, 
is the Holy Spirit baptism is given or transmitted by the laying on of hands ministry. In Acts chapter 8, we have the story of Peter and John. And it says in verse 15, just so that we can go directly to the verse, who when they were come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he had not fallen upon none of them, and they were only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Another part of the ministry of their own hands is a way to help a person receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost. God chose this. I don't think we'd have thought this up. It's a little awkward in the natural to take this and touch somebody and something wild happens to them. Normally, when you're the one praying for somebody, you're shocked that it came through you. Ooh. They're blessed or healed or speaking in tongues and you're like, ah! But after a while, you should get used to God using you that way. And here's your verse. It says, when some people you meet want the Holy Spirit, lay your hands on them and pray. They laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Let's go to Acts 19 and look at another passage. Are you enjoying this tonight? Acts 19. Paul has gone to Ephesus after Apollos has done some plowing to help the great Ephesus revival to take place. And he asked in verse 2, 12 men that he met when he first came, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said to Paul, we have not heard so much whether there be anything named the Holy Ghost. Paul goes, well, then how were you baptized? And they said, well, you know, John's baptism. Paul goes, oh, I know where you're at. John really baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, and that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Paul, verse 6, now watch this. Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Ghost came on them. And they spake in tongues and prophesied. How they received the Holy Ghost? They, by the laying on of hands ministry. They, Paul laid his hands on them. And God used that law of contact and transmission to cause a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they received the Holy Spirit and they began to speak with other tongues. And the beautiful language of God came out of them that afternoon. And that was the first 12 baptized in the Holy Ghost people in Ephesus. Paul met. So we've seen that it's a doctrine. And doctrines don't change. Doctrines don't change even if they're a thousand years old. They stay the same. And when you practice them with faith and reverence, God shoots power through you. To help, then we saw in Scripture, healing comes by the end of hands. Delivering power is transmitted that drives out darkness off and out of somebody by the end of hands.
And then the Holy Spirit can be transmitted and assist a person in receiving their own personal baptism of the Holy Spirit's power in their life. I have two more verses I want to read to you. But we also see, let's go over to the book of Timothy for a moment. Second Timothy. I love the books of Timothy. They're my favorite books in the New Testament. I can't wait to meet Timothy. I hope he lives next door to my mansion in heaven so we can have tea together. <laughs> when he's done testifying, he can come home and we'll sit in the backyard and talk some more. Second Timothy chapter 1. Paul is writing to his spiritual son. Verse 5 says, Timothy, when I call to remembrance that genuine faith that is in you, I'm reminded it came from your grandmother Lois and your wild mother Eunice. And I'm convinced without a doubt that same kind of faith is in you. All remember, some of you that are ashamed of your mama, your dad's a little bit over the top, we don't even talk about your grandma. Your grandma's just so far out there, she embarrasses you even when she walks to the door of your house. She comes to the door going, come here. My grandmother was like that. I'd come home from school and I'd picked up some goofy thing on the bus or in school. She goes, what is that you got on you? And I thought, there was a bug or something. She goes, no, that other thing that you're thinking and I can feel it on you. What, what is that? Who you been running around with at school? Those wicked little children? Come over here. Wickedness can't live in my house. And she'd take her old granny hands and her big gospel mouth. You gotta have a gospel mouth. You gotta have a gospel mouth. A gospel mouth. Anointed hands go with a gospel mouth and a gospel mouth goes with anointed hands. They work together. She said, come over and let me get that thing off of you so you can enjoy the afternoon and not cause any trouble and end up getting a spanking. That's one way to solve child problems early. I said, well, Grandma, I don't have a devil. She says, you got two of them. <laughs> and they're both over there on your right shoulder talking to you. And she was more right than wrong in my life. I miss her. I wish I could go home and she'd attack me every day now. When I was a little kid, he didn't like it all the time, but I got used to it. Now that I'm an adult, I wish she was still alive and she'd come bouncing through the house. Come here! I've been praying for you and I got something and we gotta get it fixed now. <laughs> you might have a grandmother like that? You might got a grandmother at home kind of like that or a mom at home like that? Why don't you be one of those? Your kids think you're crazy anyway, just prove it. They roll their eyes when you talk about the Lord and living right. Uh, my eyes rolled back when my grandma got done with me. They rolled out and she rolled them back. Are you all here? Lord, are we at KT or First Presbyterian? Say amen. I've been in your church where half of them's on the floor. I've been in this church 
when you had prayer lines go around the building and go downstairs and go around the building and, and, and they'd knock you all out and pray for you. You'd be laid on the floor. You don't have carpet in this church. That's only in America. Um, you have wooden floors that have been here for a long time and you lay on that wooden floor and vibrate and cry and jerk and shout and come up happy. I've seen that. And you didn't worry about the tube time. Plus, tomorrow's a bank holiday. <laughs> I have a plan. I've got one too. I love you. I miss you. Don't ever forget to say amen when I preach. He said, Timothy, when I look at you, when I hear your name, Almost every time I hear your name or somebody talks about you, in my mind of remembrance, I remember your wild mother and grandmother that was crazy Christian people. When I came to their town, they weren't ashamed to cook me dinner when I was controversial in town. They weren't ashamed to be at the crusade where rocks were thrown at us. They took them with me and laughed all the way home. That's the kind of faith you come from. He said, plus Timothy, I want to remind you, and I want to remind some of you tonight, some of you that are watching. Sometimes you've got to be reminded of things. Not because you're in sin, but because you get busy. Especially today in our world, we're so busy we forget our name sometimes. Have you ever had so much going on in your life that you almost forget what am I supposed to do now? Uh, that's a little bit too busy. I've been there myself. He goes, I want to remind you, young son, and I want to remind you, KT, KT pastors, KT elders, KT members, KT visitors, and KT home watchers. <laughs> I know you're there because you tell me later. That young man back there with perfect hair and a white shirt on. I want to remind you too. You can't always have perfect hair. Sometimes God messes it up in front of your girlfriend and all your other friends. That the gift that is in you came to you by when God told me one night to lay my hands on you and pray for you. The ministry of laying on of hands also transmits gift impartations when God wills it to work that way. I can't do that. Pastor Colin can't do that. No prophet can do that of their own free will. We cooperate when God decides to do that. You can pray for the sick any time with the of hands with the prayer of faith that's present. But sometimes God moves in a certain way where he moves with the presbytery, where he moves on a person. For whatever reason, God chooses that night or that vessel or that group of people to lay hands on you and something that was not in your belly 
gets put there all of a sudden by the ministry of the laying on of hands when God chooses that. And Paul told Timothy, he said, don't tell me you don't have a gift. I was the one that God chose to put my hands on you. I don't know if he put him on his head or on his chest or touched his hand, but whatever, there was a, a laying on of hands. And something from heaven, the administration of the Spirit at that moment, God's will, said, I want to take this gift, this special anointing, this endowment, and take it out of the treasury of heaven today and put it in your spirit as a part of your makeup and your DNA. And God uses the laying on of hands most of the time to do that. Most of the time, God will anoint a man or a woman or a person or a group when he decides one night Tonight's the night I need to empty this out of my heavenly treasury. And God chooses the ministry of the laying on of hands to be the door from the invisible and the invisible. To be the transition door, the transmission door. I don't all get it in my thinking. I can teach you more scriptures, but because of time, I'm going to not read any more scriptures. But I want this church to be reminded and for you that are new to be taught. So there's no shame in you if you see it happen one day at KT or in your cell group. Or one day Pastor Bruce or one of the other leaders of the church all of a sudden acts a little peculiar. Just a little bit more pushy than normal and say, you, come here. Or maybe you're in their office and all of a sudden God just drops on them a strong inner push. Get up and go your lay, hang your hands on them and pray. I want to give them something from my treasury. Now, yeah, God can just give it directly. He can do that. But church, for some reason, God chose what we call in Hebrews a doctrine of laying on hands. And you see by Acts examples, even Acts 13, he laid hands on Timothy and a gift of God was imparted to him and stayed with him the rest of his earthly life and ministry. Now, real important here. If that's ever happened to you, listen to me. Don't ever make fun of it. What you don't own respectfully, 
will work little or go dormant in you. The last time I saw my spiritual father, Brother Summerall, he sat in the back of my car for 40 minutes and prophesied to me and talked to me and counseled me. And those words I still obey today. But something more precious than that, even though that's precious, don't get me wrong, that's precious, was the last time he touched me with his anointing and blessed me. He normally would clear his throat and take that finger and his thumb and grab my head. That's how he laid on hands. And he normally said about two words, be blessed. And that was it. He did more with two words and folks though with a whole paragraph. That's because he knew how to cooperate with a lot of emotion and physical interruptions in the flow out of him into the person he was praying for. And I don't allow anybody to make fun of him in my presence. Not just because I admire him and honor him and I'm grateful for my friendship with him, but there's another thing. He blessed me by not just being my friend, He gave something down in my inner person that is still there to this day. Part of my authority that I've got came from his laying all of hands in me and blessing me that I received it. I've had people say, all he does is yell. I thought, you deaf thing. All you hear is in the natural ear. The last time old Roberts prayed for me, I'll never allow you to make fun of him. He was a different kind of prayer. Stay with me, I'm not done yet. Tomorrow's a bank holiday. Most of you just gonna sleep and drink tea. And I'm a guest now, kind of, sort of. I'm not done. If you don't amen me, I might not be done for 10 o'clock. So you want to go home that fast? I'm playing with you. The last time old Roberts prayed for me, he couldn't stand up very well because his body was getting old and it was tired. And I knelt down beside him at his home in Newport Beach, California. I said, Brother Roberts, will you, will you pray for me with that right hand? The left hand didn't have anything. God put his gift in his right hand. Know the gifting, if you can, of the person, how it works. He said, yeah, I'll pray for you. So I knelt down next to him. And he began to pray. I come to the God that I've served since my youth. I come to you and I ask for that anointing one more time. Flow through me to bless this young man. Let that which I have, a portion, be given to him. And let my open spirit be an avenue, watch this part, by which heaven can transmit 
something he needs at this hour. And about that time he said that, he hit you. He didn't touch you. He kind of was more abrupt. Because he said when that gift came alive, it kind of got aggressive. And he was an old man. And I could hear it come. I heard it move. I was used to it. Because grandma had prepared me for most of my life. And whack! He laid his hands on me, and I know I'm being a little more dramatic than what it was, but you could feel it in the natural and in the spirit. Whoom! And something came out of him, and he was an avenue of an impartation. The last time my grandmother prayed for me was the most precious prayer I've received in my life. She said, I'm going to die. It's amazing how old people know when they're going to die. I said, I know. She said, I'm not taking my anointings and my discernment with me. She said, the Lord told me I can give them away. I said, can I have them? When you hear something like that, be real nice but quick. Real nice but quick. Don't go, oh, well, that's interesting. You just missed it. It flew right by and it's going to somebody else. This is called spirit life, not spooky life. Can I have it? She said, I thought about it. I had the ability to change how I related to my grandmother from being grandma and grandson to the gifted woman and the young servant of the Lord. I said, Grandma, and I told her this, I've served you all of my conscious life. She said, so? I said, no, 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 no. I said, I served you. Not just because you're my grandmother, but because you're the prophetess of our family and the prophetic voice of the ministry team that you and my grandfather had. She said, that's true. I said, I never rebelled against your prayers. Even when you put me in the bedroom, wouldn't let me out <laughs> when we were little kids. She said, I learned how to take care of you while you're out winning spiritual battles. I said, if I read my Bible right, that's how Elisha got it. She said, yeah. She goes, I just wanted to see if you really wanted it. She goes, it belongs to you. I said, I want it. She says, well, it's coming in about five minutes. I thought it was going to be next week. Because I'd heard those things, you know, you wait for the timing of the Lord. So I just sat on the floor next to her for five minutes while she cried, knowing that all that she carried for 90-some years was about to leave her. And then the last time that woman grabbed my head, and I'd been grabbed, anointed, and spanked. 
for 20-some years by my natural grandmother and the spiritual gift that she was. And her old little hands that were frail and veiny, they didn't look real pretty at all. Your hands don't have to be pretty. They just need to be vessels by which God can use. She began to cry with a different type of cry. And she reached out with those hands and grabbed my head and pulled me as close as she could for almost 40 minutes and never said one thing in English she cried and spoke in the most direct, dialect tongue I'd heard her ever pray in my life. And when it was over, it was like a snap. Bam! And she stopped crying at me and she goes, it's done. And that's the last prayer I got from her before she died. And it came by the ministry of the laying on of hands. Now, God could have chose a different way. Don't get me wrong. He could have. But he'll choose this doctrinal ministry more often than some of you think. And I don't want you to be ashamed of it. Or afraid for God to use you in it. If he does. And he will. Believe me, he will. When a ministry grows, it gets harder to lay hands on people. Because the demands. But make place for it. And don't anybody in the room ever make fun of it. It's a doctrine of the church. It's not a ceremonial not a ritual. It's an avenue by which God transmits impartations and healings and victories and blessings to you. That's an important ministry for the future. I don't want anybody in the room. I'll say it again as I start to close. We have our keyboardists to come. I don't want anybody to ever make fun of it. I'd encourage you to study more of it in the Bible so you can learn more about it. Because so I've only given you just a little bit, just, just, just a little bit about it. Some of you have had hands laid on you before and God gave you something. But maybe you made fun of it or you took it lightly. And maybe you need to recover it with a respectful prayer and say, God, I'm sorry for my behavior. I'm sorry for my attitude. Please let that which was given to me be strengthened now that I repent of my attitude and my disposition. I give honor to it. I give honor to it. With every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment while you're sitting there. Just as we now come to the altar service. I'll do that, Lord. If you hear tonight, said Brother Roberts, I've made fun 
I didn't value the doctrine of laying on of hands. And tonight, I, I've been arrested by the Word and by the Spirit here. And I see that I, uh, I was wrong. I, I need to make a correction with my attitude and my respect of this ministry. Without trying to embarrass you, but to acknowledge you, say, if that's you, would you just lift your hand up where you're at? Just say, that's me. Not trying to embarrass you, just say, Lord, that, that's me. Acknowledge it. Just acknowledge it by lifting your hand and you can put it down. Raise it and put it down. If, if, you've, if you've done that, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but sometimes you've got to acknowledge something to stop something. If that's you, just lift your hand and say, Lord, that's me. I acknowledge that I, I, I've done that and I'm sorry. I, I, I repent. He, he, he will accept your voice and your action right now. God's nice and he, he moves beautifully. He's, he's not hard to get along with. We just have to do our part. I'll wait just a couple more minutes because I think the Lord's still working on some people because I think yeah, there's a couple of you that the Lord's ministered to in the past. Maybe with your family or a minister or an older saint of the Lord that's ministered to you kind of like Paul did to Timothy. And maybe you didn't respond to that right. If you'll correct it, God can strengthen what was given to you in a matter of a moment. He can correct how it's working by you giving the proper respect to it, how you received it. Anybody else to say, that's me. Just lift your hand up to the Lord. And say, I'm sorry, Lord, I, I, I'll change. And you can put your hand down. We're not trying to be seen. We're just trying to say, that's me. I'll fix it. Help me. Anybody else in the balcony, you that are watching at home, if that is you, just lift your hand up there. You know, God will see you where you're at and say, that, that's me. I, I make the change. Most of these things just take about 30 seconds to fix, Gabriel. But the blessing comes after. It comes after. Anybody else on that? Thank you. When a church respects this ministry, of laying out of hands, it's amazing what God will start doing through it. It'll be amazing what God does through it. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Father, bless those that raise their hands. Holy Spirit, we think that you'll touch each person that raised their hand and fix it in their heart and that the blessing they've received now comes strong in them. We thank you for it. Let's all of us just lift up our hands and thank God for that ministry of laying off hands for a minute. Just show God that you reverence and you thank it by just, I thank you, Lord, for that ministry in my church. I thank you, Lord, for using my hands when you want to. I give you my hands right now. I give you my hands right now to use in healing or deliverance or blessing or breaking the power of the enemy. Anoint my hands and use my hands as an avenue. I give my hands to you today. I give them to you fresh. And I respect it. And I make fun of it. I respect it. I respect it. Use the ministry of laying on of hands. Use me in that ministry, Lord. I'm available.
I'm available. When you make yourself available, God will take you up on it. He'll do it sometime. So, Brother Roberts, I'm a businessman. God can use your hands in business to heal the person you're doing a deal with. Just be available. Just be available. Use my hands to do good things. Use my hands to heal. Use my hands to break the power of darkness. Use my hands to be an avenue by which to bring blessing from heaven to earth or an avenue of impartation. Use my hands like we see in the Bible. Use them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you're here tonight and you've been bothered by mental depression, you've fought depression, mental depression, and it's a battle you're facing right now, stand up. If it's something that you're facing, I'm not trying to embarrass you, I want to help you. If you're fighting depression, mental sadness, or dark depression right now, in the balcony, on the main floor, stand up on your feet right now. If that's you. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I know sometimes you'll get embarrassed. The Lord wants to help you tonight. If you're standing, would you step out on your seat and come up here to the front? Just those on that call. Just those that are facing that particular problem. To stand up here in the front of you, would please? In a straight line across the front. Just those with that. Now, I know it's 9 o'clock, but just hang on, folks, for a few minutes. Hallelujah. What happened to your leg? You didn't want those tendon things? Well, you need a head and a foot thing, don't you? Amen. We'll pray for both. Amen. Hallelujah. Just, uh, just for a moment. In the name of Jesus, I break the power of those three spirits that have oppressed you. Two from your childhood and one from the present day. Go, go, go in the name of Jesus. I break the power. They have no, there it is. There they go in Jesus' name. I break the power of those things that depress you. I command false words that have been spoken against you to die and lose their hold over you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we break the power. No, I said, come out of her mind and let her be free. You're okay. How, what's your name? Where are you from? Bulgaria. I was there once. Had a great time. Glad you're here. In the, ha, Sukuna Mama Hayat. I command those things that have tortured you and put, uh, you lying spirit, I break your power. Let her go free in the name of Jesus. I said, go in the name. There it is right there in Jesus' name. That's it right there in Jesus' name. Come off of her and let her be free. I break your power. Get out of her house. Get away from her. I shut the mouth of false words 
and accusations against you. And I strengthen you by the name of the Lord. Let your soul become strong. Strong and stable in the name of Jesus. We break the power of unclean spirits and oppressive spirits. Come out of him and let him be free. In the name of Jesus. Where are you from? Are you local? Romania. God bless and glad you came. Father, in Jesus' name, we break, there it goes, there it goes. We break the power of that against you in Jesus' name. Let her go free. Ah, you lying spirit, go from her and let her be free. No, 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 come out of her. Spirit of death, come out of her, I said. I break the power of that root inside of your soul. Lose her and come out. Come out of her. In the name of Jesus, we break your power. We break your power. We break your power. In the name of Jesus. Can I have a couple of good KT prayer warrior ladies? Jump on her and pray for her real fast. Just grab a hold of her and pray in tongues and act like you know what you're doing. Hallelujah. How you doing? Where are you from? You're a British person. That's so nice. We command those things that are attacking this lady. <sighs> no. You, no. No. Let her go. In Jesus' name. Come out of her and let her be free. You have no power over her emotions. You have no power over her emotions. I pray for stability. For stability within your thinking and your feeling and your responding. Father, fix this for her and bless her in the name of Jesus. We break the power of that off of you. Come off of her and let her be free in the name of Jesus. We break the power. Ah. Come out of her mind. Come out of her mind, I said. And let her be free in Jesus' name. Amen. We break the... Ah, there it is right there. Salakona Mamahaya. We command oppression to cease. Cease, I said in Jesus' name. Let them be free in the name of Jesus. We break your power and be free in Jesus' name. And we let that gift within her live. Free from the words of men. Amen. Hey, how are you doing? What's your name? Are you British too? Where are you from? You're French. I missed it. All right. Hey, what's your name? Who? How do you say that? Rahul. Rahul, where are you from? Romania. What is this, Romanian night here in the church? Has it been a whole group of Romanians show up? And we have another Bulgarian. All right. In the name, there it goes right there, in Jesus' name. In the name, ah, come out of him 
and let him be free. So what's wrong? Now, I'm not trying to embarrass you, I'm just asking. You okay? Go ahead. Okay, all right. Not a problem. How old are you? You know Gabriel? You know him? He needs to be in your group. So you go see him afterwards and follow him like a shadow. Can you do that? Yeah. Quit following those other things. All right, you ready? In the name of Jesus, I command those thoughts and those things that have taken charge over you and make you feel bad. I command the source of that to stop in the name of Jesus. I break the power of those things that are against you. I address them and command them to leave where you sleep, where you live, where you work, where you go. Go from him and let him be free. And we thank you, Father, for giving his soul strength, whether he's not tortured, but he thinks free thoughts, good thoughts, right, stable thoughts. And let him be a wonderful man with a great life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now walk right across that aisle and go say hi to God. Now, there's more of you showing up since I started this prayer line. Are you all up here for depression? Or are you just looking up here to get prayed for? Everybody up here for the right thing? That's a question. The right thing? Okay, I'm just asking. You look real staunch. Are you okay? Where are you from? From Ghana. They don't act like this in Africa. Don't be too British, please. All right, you keep that fiery African alive, all right? Enjoy England, but don't lose that fire. We break the power against your mind. We command those things to cease in the name of Jesus. Be free and be healed. Come out of him and let him be free. We break the powers of that in the name of Jesus. Come out of her. Stability in this woman's life. In the name of Jesus. I, there it goes. I break that oppression off of you. And I command those words that keep you in prison to die. And that you be free. In the name of Jesus. Be blessed. And be healed in Jesus' name. Come out of this mind. You don't have to fall. That's not the point. Receiving is. In the net. There it is. That's it. We thank you that it breaks the hold over your mind and your life. Be free. And let there be stability inside of this life. Be blessed. I command sickness and depression and the attack that's been against my friend. I take charge over it. I command this thing to cease and quit attacking her and robbing her life. Robert, cease. You spirits that have robbed her of her joy, her life, and her careers. I break your power. I, I break it. I break it in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, come off of her. Come out of her body. And we thank you that there it is healing and freedom comes to you. In Jesus' name. 
in the name of Jesus. Be blessed and be free. We break, there it goes, we break the power that's against you in Jesus' name. In the name, cut off of him. I said cut off of him and let him be free in Jesus' name. You can grab my hand if you want, that's okay. That's all right. In the name of Jesus, I command those torturing spirits, and it's also for family. Is there other members in your family with something similar? I lay my hands on it, I felt like two people. I, well, that's all I got. In the name of Jesus, I take charge over both of them and her. I break the power. No. You cannot abide freely in their life. You cannot walk in and take charge and cause a change in their soul and their emotions any longer. I speak healing. I speak stability and health in the name of Jesus. Jesus, they need other things too. I ask for miracles for them. In Jesus' name. And make alive and make provision in Jesus' name. No, you can't do that, Dinesh. No. 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 Stop them and close that door. Even those wrong people have to shut up and get out of your life. In Jesus' name. In the name. There it is. Be blessed in Jesus' name. I command oppression to cut off of you. That spirit of defeat and despair, cut out of her soul and let her be free in Jesus' name. Let him go and let him be free. Be blessed and be free and let there be stability in the name of Jesus come out of her all four of you in the name <laughs> stability stability in your thinking in your feelings in your responding in your actions we break that oppression uh -huh. we break that oppression Cut out of her and let her go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bringing her? Amen. How you doing? You doing okay? It's going to get better. In the name of Jesus. I break it. In the name of Jesus. We break the power of those things that torture you. Father, we pray for both of them, her leg and her head, for her leg to be healed and for her mind to be stable. And we break oppressions. We break yeah, And we break those depressions in the name of Jesus and those obsessions as well. We break the power of those things and we claim stability in thought, in feelings, and in your emotions. Be blessed and be healed. Be blessed, be blessed, and be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Alema, solo kolmahaya, fere bikini manahaya, lebekiya. Be blessed.
I break the power of that against you. In Jesus' name. Are you coming? Hallelujah. What's your name? Who? Who? He can't speak. Well, we can fix that too. Father, what's his name? Emmanuel. Salabokonamamahaya. We break, now we understand. We break the attack. We pray for the creative miracle required. Be healed and be freed. In the name of Jesus. Father, you've made us. You know how to fix this. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This line keeps growing. Did you come for oppression? You sure? Sometimes. Well, we'll have no times. It commands stability in her soul and her actions in the name of Jesus. Be blessed and be healed. Stay with me, crowd. Girl. Come out of her mind. Loose him from his desires and from his soul. Come out and let him be free in the name of Jesus. We break the power and we claim stability and wholeness and comfort for you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we break the, uh, we break the, uh, we break it. Let her go in the name of Jesus. Let him be free. In the name of Jesus, come off of her and let her be free in Jesus' name. I break the, there it is, I break the power of the devil that's against you. And I pray for stability in the name, in the name of Jesus. Come off of him. Come off of her. Come off of her. I break the power in the name of Jesus. We claim victory. Jesus name. Give the Lord a good clap offering if you would. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up real fast. We're, we're, we're not doing Stand up real fast. Lay your hand on the person next to you like this. Just lay your hand on them. And I want you to pray and bless them real good. And let the anointing of God that's in you flow out and bless them right now before we go any further. Just pray out loud. Pray out loud. Ask God's blessing on your friend that you're touching for his healing power, his delivering power, his blessing power. Oh, bless them, Father. Rescue them. And let the ministry of laying on of hands never be made fun of. Use everybody in this church for that great ministry as you feel led. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you have a happy song? You have a happy song? In the name, in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
church like this. That's yeah, a great church. Perfect hair boy back there. What's your name? Are you a visitor or are you a member of this church? 20 years ago. So that means you must be 20 something. Are you called to preach? Okay, I'm just asking. All I keep hearing, if you be conscious of how you live and behave, God will entrust you with things that'll be outside of your thinking. That's why I keep hearing the way he thinks, I'll do more for him. I don't know anything about you. Maybe you're living crazy. Maybe you're not. I don't know. I don't know you. If you will be conscious of how you live and behave before God and man, he'll give you things beyond your thinking right now. So that's yours. Amen. Let's give Archbishop Gabriel a good hand. 